Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 episodes. My name is Mark with me. So this is my girlfriend, Carol. Hey, what's up? You're a little (laughs) excited to be here today, aren't you? Well, it's an exciting day because we're back. Yes. It's been, it, it feels like it's been more than a week since we've been back. I don't know. I don't feel that way, but I'm in a good mood too. I, I feel you in like the happiness. Gleeful. You know what makes me happy? No. We finally have an episode where Steve's not a douche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve is a sympathetic character in this episode. First time for everything. I think Ian Ziering's agent just kept complaining until they're like, fine. <laughs> Yeah, I really think they're trying to make his character more likable. Because he even has a crisis of, like, mm-hmm. conscience at one point. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they give up on it at some point, apparently. Right. From what I've seen from season, <laughs> from season five. I think season five's where we see Yeah. Started. But, yeah, so, or season, season five or it was season, season five. Okay. Uh, anyway, but yeah, this episode focuses a lot on Steve, actually. Yeah, a lot almost on, entirely. A lot on Steve and then a lot on Andrea. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Andrea for a second. Andrea. Mm, Andrea. <laughs> who might be Greek in real life, but apparently is Jewish in this uh, show. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, Jewish people are from Jerusalem, right? Sure. And Greek people are from Greece. Both. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> this Sesame Street. <laughs> Shut up! No, I'm just thinking about it. like they're close, right? Like, no, not. I mean, kind of. I Mediterranean. Guess. Uh, uh, Jerusalem's in the Middle East, but, but isn't that off of the Mediterranean? It's nearish the Mediterranean, I guess. It's probably closer to the Persian Gulf. Oh, okay, never mind. But, I was trying to be smart, but I failed. I mean, I see what you're saying. Here's the thing. Jewish people come from all over. I mean, the history of the Jewish people is very weird. Of the of the Hebrews, the Hebrews and the Shebrews. Um, it's, wow. It's very, it's a, a, an interesting history because, you know, they, they grew up in a certain place and then they... Uh, then they um we had a, a visitor for a second and then they were displaced and made slaves and stuff like that and then after world war Two, they reestablished jerusalem as a country mm-hmm. and they were allowed to go back to their ancestral homeland basically displacing uh palestinians uh which is why we have the conflicts that we have now but anyway so yeah i mean Similar-ish part of the world, I suppose. Okay. But they, you know, the ones that, the the actual Hebrews that live in, the Jewish people that live in, in Israel, the Israelites, they probably look closer to Arabs than they do to a lot of the ones that live in the United States now. Okay. So it's, it's, it's difficult to say. So thank you for the, um... The lesson on geography and you're, history, because I obviously needed it. 
so let's talk about Andrea for a second. Sure. Andrea Zuckerman. Brandon. Did... Oh, yeah, I guess that is a Jewish name. I never thought about that, but her last name is Zuckerman. Yeah. Brandon did a dumb, dumb thing. Mm-hmm. He nominated her for an award. Yeah. You'd think that would have been a nice thing. But no, she wins, and they want to interview her in her home. Yeah, why? I don't understand that. If I were her, I would have just said, my parents don't like to have people over. We'll have to do it somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, you know, we're not, we can't go to my house. My house is, uh, has a bunch of bugs, so we're bombing it <laughs> for the week. Yeah. Very ridiculous. But they insist that they have to do this at her house, so... She's been using her grandmother's address, Mm -hmm. and she goes to grandma and begs, please, please pretend I live here while I have this interview. She's like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a liar, Uh, Andrea. I don't understand. Yeah, she let her use her address, but she's like, she's not going to lie to her. And then Andrea makes the dumb decision to say, hey, when you were my age, you lied about your identity. (laughs) And... What she's referring to is her mother or is her grandmother hiding her Jewishness to hide from the Nazis during World War Two, right? And she's like, "Yeah, that was a matter of survival." I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, she gets pretty upset, understandably, and she's like, "It's not the same," right? So, yeah. <laughs> and then this dude that shows up to interview her is a douche. Oh yeah, awful, awful person. And like I said this many times during the episode, and I'm not wrong. Am I like, it looks like an old lady house. It is an old lady house. And whether or not Andrea lives there, it should still look like an old lady house, right? exactly. He says, oh, you've got, they're in the living room. And he says, you've got, uh, you've got mature taste. It's her grandma's house. Yeah. No one's going to walk into like, we were, we're in high school or whatever. You know, we still live with our parents. It, no one's going to walk into, you know, your parents' house and you live in high school and be like, mm, oh, you've decorated this place nicely. Who assumes that you're in charge of right. decorating the house as a teenager? So dumb. I mean, I guess it's because there's only one bedroom, so she says she sleeps in the living room, but that doesn't mean that her grandma's going to let her make it her bedroom. Exactly. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's so, ridiculous. And then he does, I don't think they gave her the award, right? Like, he said he wasn't going to... He wasn't going to do the profile because... In good conscience, he couldn't because he he seriously questioned whether she lived there. Yeah, and like, I'm sorry, dude, you're there to do a story. Mm-hmm. You're not like judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, you're not do the story. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Oh, guy, I would be pissed if I was his boss. This guy was a piece of shit. I mean, I suspect that maybe he's Steve Sanders' older brother or something. Right? Like that's how much <laughs> of an asshole he was. Steve's douchiness transferred. There you go. That's yeah. what happens. It was a communicable disease that moved on. There was a, a scene that we didn't see where the guy shook hands with Steve and was like, oh, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Suddenly I feel wet and gross. Oh. So, yeah, so then Andrea is now being investigated by the school. Mm-hmm. A formal inquiry. So she has to actually move in because her grandmother won't lie, so she has to make it true. Yeah. Her grandma's being pretty annoying and stubborn in that way, oh, I think. Yeah. Well, her grandmother also apparently has some feud with her with uh, Andrea's mother. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know. That just, that seems the whole thing. I wish I knew what they were fighting about. Like, she's upset because she had a surgery and she didn't come see her. Yeah, I broke my leg and she never came to see me. And Andrea seems to to imply that it's because she's not Jewish, that her mom's not Jewish. Yeah. Her dad is Jewish and her because her dad is, is the grandma's son, but her mom's not Jewish. So she's like, I, you know, she's a nice person, even if she isn't Jewish. Right. <laughs> even Gentiles can be nice. So... Andrea has to move in and sleep on the couch. And then there is the most ridiculous scene of Brenda. Is it Brenda and Kelly and Donna? They all go. Yeah. They're, they go and redecorate the grandma's living room. And they decide for some reason to film this like it's the Three Stooges in a 1930s serial <laughs> where it's that janky kind of like cutting uh editing and then the the you can see the the film frame moving up and down even though this is shot on tape it's not shot on camera mm-hmm. at least I, I think it's i don't think it's shot on film i think it's shot on tape like uh. most tv shows are shot on tape um but they yeah they they put this after effects editing thing or whatever into where it looks like this and they're playing the music in the background. It was really dumb. I don't understand why. Like it's just do an 80s montage if you want. Like just you gotta put one foot in front of the other one. (laughs) Put the other one down, down. So then when they're done, she now has a bunch of posters up like Dirty Dancing and stuff. And and I'm thinking every woman's favorite movie, right? Um, I'm thinking like, why would the grandma allow it? If she was staying there permanently, I don't think she would. Right. I mean, my mom would let me put a bunch of posters up in the living room. <laughs> She's like, oh, it looks so nice, girls. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, Andrea and her grandmother get to know each other better, and then they have a fight, a big fight. Kind of, yeah. And Andrea takes off. Why? I don't remember. They're, she's sick of being in the middle of her and her mom and her grandmother and yeah. stuff. She's not happy about it. And like, so she's just giving up and she's like, I'm just, I'm just gone. I'm just moving back. I'm just forget about it. I'm just going to have to go to school and. In the valley. Yeah. Fucking valley. <laughs> what a uh, terrible place. Apparently the school that she would go to doesn't have a newspaper program. Right. The troglodytes in the valley. <laughs> They're barely human, according to Steve. And, um, yeah, like, her friends uh, are pretty insensitive mm-hmm. about what she's going through. But she's also kind of hard, hard on them, I think, too. Yeah, She's like, you don't understand. You think every place in the world's like this, don't you? Which, like, okay, if, if their lives are small because they had, you know, like, how big is your life, Andrea? Right. I don't know. Well, it's funny because the grandmother, too, she says, you know, oh, I have to lie so that you can, you know, cavort with some rich kids at the school and everything. But it's like, but grandma, you live in the district. Right. <laughs> Who are you cavorting with? <laughs> the old ladies that came over to play Canasta right. uh, are rich, too. Sorry. Well, some Jewish version of Canasta. I'd never heard of it before. Kaplots or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what she called it. Yeah, I don't know. It was something that started with a K, but 
But anyway, so yeah, it's weird. And uh, Andrea wants to go because it's a, you know a good school and everything. Obviously, I think she has fairly noble intentions. Yeah. But yeah, she gets mad and she says, uh, "You know, forget it. I- I'm leaving." Like you said, and her grandmother's like, "But the you know the interviewer is supposed to be here at three o'clock." It's that day. Right. Just stay for that three o'clock thing and then tell your grandmother what you want to tell her and then move out because it's done after that. Right. It's so stupid. Yeah. The whole that whole thing was. Yeah. That pissed me off. And then the interviewer does come. Grandma talks to her. It, It implies that grandma's like, yeah, she wasn't living here, but now she is living here. And I made her mad and, you know, and like all this stuff and everything. How, how does it imply that? Well, it, it, it implies that the grandmother basically tells the whole truth, right? Because Andrea comes in. She's like, oh, here she is. And she's like, oh, you know, hi, Andrea. You know, your grandmother is very charming, all this stuff and everything. And she says, uh, you know, I'll see you in three weeks. And Andrea says, what's in three weeks? And she goes, a follow-up. And she's like, you know, uh, after I do my report, she's like, which is going to be? She's like, favorable, you know. But she, she, it implies to me that she's following up in three weeks. Oh, and then she says, she says, just make sure you stay on this side of the hill. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that meant that she knew, but I don't know that Grandma told her. I think Grandma did. I think Grandma was like, look, you know, she's a good kid. She's really living here now even though she wasn't before. And I think the girl was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give a favorable thing. I'm going to come back in three weeks, make sure that, you know, she still is living here and everything. But after that, you know, we'll be good. I think that's what happened. Okay. I mean, that's my, that's my indication. That's why she said, you know, just make sure you stay on the side of the hill and, and all that stuff. Makes sense. And I think Grandma was like, "Look, I really want. I love her. I really want her to live here, and I want her to be able to go to the school and stuff." And then Andre is going to try to work on the relationship between her mom and her grandma because she's like, "If I'm going to live here, you guys got to talk." Yeah, Andre is just moving out of her house, by the way. Like, right. apparently, her parents are going to be okay with that. I guess. I mean, I guess. Weird. It's very weird, but I mean, I guess it depends on what their priorities are. If if they're more concerned about her getting a better education than being close to them. All right. Well, they're Jewish, so. Does make sense. It does. <laughs> that they care more about education than personal relationships. Yeah, clichedly, but yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I just I always think about like the overbearing Jewish mother, mm-hmm. and I, I I can't imagine in that situation that she'd be like, "Oh, sure, go live somewhere else." Right. Well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. As long as Andrew's eating, <laughs> you're so skinny. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's Andrea's storyline. You want to talk about Steve? Steve Sanders? So this pretty blonde girl who we recognized from... Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah. yeah. And Quantum Leap, <laughs> which I love. She um, She's at the Peach Pit being stood up, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I believe that now. But <laughs> just, do you think she's just trolling? I don't know. But she's she's waiting for some guy that doesn't show up and uh she's like i'm gonna give him one more song goes over to the jukebox and steve's over there and she says uh window shopping or buying and this starts the whole conversation where he finds out she's being stood up Mm -hmm. and offers to give her a ride home 
she says, well, I'm running out of uh, time because I want to make home, make it home for the show, whatever show it is that his mom's in. I don't remember. Hemingford home or. Right. She's like, I never miss an episode. And he's like, oh, me either. And takes her to his house because mm-hmm. apparently he has told her that his mother is in the show. No, he didn't. No? I don't think so yet. Well. I think he does later, but I don't think he does immediately. He says that he's sorry that his mom's out of town or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't think that was because of the... Maybe. maybe yeah, you might be right. You might be right, yeah. Because he doesn't take her back to her house. He takes her to his house. That's true. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, they have they sleep together that, that same day. Mm-hmm. So at first I'm thinking it's going to be a one-night stand, but it's not. No. It turns into a relationship. He's gaga for her. And she seems like she's gaga for him. Oh, yeah. And um, Kelly is they're, super They're jealous. ready to get married and have translucent babies. Right? <laughs> Kelly is like a bitch mm. about it at first, though. Since some, I don't understand how. It, like, does, does she have gold digger R? <laughs> because she's a gold digger? I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess she's not, though. She's really, not, because she already has money. She has money. But... Like, I don't understand how she knows this, because it's not implied that she knows who this girl is. This girl goes to a different school, you know, and all this stuff. But she says to Steve, you know, you get what you pay for. Uh-huh. Which implies she knows that she's a gold digger. Even yeah. though there's no way she could. She's basically calling her a prostitute. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, like, what was she was upset about something, and then he tells her that he got REM tickets. <laughs> yeah. And then she's all happy and kissing on him and shit. He takes her to see R.E.M. in a limo. Mm-hmm. They arrive in a limo. They don't have to wait in line. They walk right in, sit right down, and they go see R.E.M., so, which is awesome, by the way. You know, you'd think she'd be grateful, right? Yeah. I'd be grateful. Right. She's pouting and upset when they leave because they didn't get to go backstage. Mm-hmm. What the hell? I mean, what a spoiled little bitch. Right. And I then just, she's mad that the limo hasn't showed up already. Yeah. Oh, no, they had to stand there for a minute and wait for the limo. Right. We're not using this company again. God, she would be a nightmare to be married to. Oh, Can you yes. imagine? Absolutely. Oh, she's like one of those people that could never be happy. Mm-hmm. She could marry, like, Donald Trump and have all the money in the world and just never be happy. Right. So... They get in the limo, and Steve, I thought this was insane, starts talking about the scene in what, do you remember what movie it was? There was some sex scene in the limo. I don't remember. It was Sean Young and, and Kevin Costner, though. I remember he said that, but I don't remember what the movie's called. And uh, I haven't seen the movie. And she's, like, still pouting mm-hmm. and says something about their crappy limo, limo driver. And then he's like, oh, well, I was thinking about taking you jewelry shopping. Mm-hmm. And she perks right up, and right. they they then put up the partition. Right. They've been, fool around. She's been talking shit about uh, the, limo the limo driver the whole time in the fucking partitions town. And Steve's been talking about having sex back there. Right. Like, oh. <laughs> so he gets lucky in the limo, so he's all happy. Mm-hmm. Which, eh, like, the next day... <laughs> Dylan says, hey, how is the limo ride? And he goes, cinematic. And Dylan and Brandon, like, high five. 
<laughs> which is the funny. So it's like, like apparently, like you said, Steve must have told him what he was planning on doing or whatever. Probably right. told him about the movie. So cinematic was like a code word. But it's such a guy thing to hear that one of your friends like had sex and to high two other guys high five each other like yeah one of us did it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad so then they go on a double date and -hmm. that's kelly's jealous about that too what is this a double date yep and donna was sitting on brandon's lap and that really bothered me why it's just didn't, I know you said it was just friendly, but that didn't seem. I, I I just I wouldn't just sit on a guy's lap. Well, n- not to make you jealous or whatever, but I've had girls sit on my lap that I'm not dating. Not while you were dating me, I hope. Well, no, not while I was dating you. But right, because see, there's a thing there. I don't think so though, because I went to a party, and we all we all you know we don't have limos, so we <laughs> all we all piled into a car together, right and. The one guy was driving, the other guy was in the passenger seat, I was in the back, another guy was in the back, and so there's four of us guys. We picked up three girls to go to the party with us, and one of the girls sat in the middle between us, but there was no room for the other two girls, so one girl sat on the one guy's lap, and the other girl sat on my lap. Well, yeah, in a situation like that, that's like a necessity. Sitting there hanging out with your friends, it's not a necessity to sit on Brayden's lap. I guess. I don't know. I just thought that was... The cinematographer was like, I, this makes the shot better. Like, I can frame you all better if you're sitting on Brandon's lap. Maybe. <laughs> just seemed a little flirty to me. But eh. Kelly storms off because she's so jealous because Dylan and Brenda are going to double date with... Is it Dylan and Brenda? Yeah, it's Dylan and Brenda. They're okay. they're together. Dylan and Brenda are double dating with Steve and, and Christine is what her name is. Brandon, I think, is at work or doing something. He's he's well, off. He doesn't have a girlfriend anyway. He's he's off in this episode. Right. And Kelly's, I don't know. Kelly's uh, building a voodoo doll of Christine. <laughs> right. So it ends up that they go to the Walsh's mm-hmm. yeah. to make dinner and hang out, which would be a fine date for any normal person. But Christine's like, uh, I'm more psycho than the car that's, that's <laughs> named after me. And she says... You know, oh, if I want, I could have done this at home. Right. You know, uh, you know, and Brenda's like, well, you know, so like it's, I, I prefer staying at home because you go out and it's like, well, the restaurant's usually not that good. She's like, unless you know where to go, like Steve knows where to go. <laughs> yeah. And like Dylan's doing all the cooking and she's like hanging over. I'm like, how much longer is it going to be? Mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Oh my God. Oh, what an annoying bitch. Yeah. And so Brenda takes her... Even if she wasn't a gold digger, I wouldn't want to date her. She has right. an unpleasant personality. Yes. And so Brenda takes her upstairs to show her her maybe, clothes. Maybe Steve's, maybe Steve's dirtbagness is a sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> and she was perfectly nice before they had that, that first encounter together. <laughs> and that's when she became me. Because all of her bad qualities came out after that. That's true. <laughs> He, he fucked her and ruined her. Yeah. It, oh, no. All his bad qualities drained from his penis and went inside her. <laughs> Should have used a condom, Christine. Oh, poor Christine. But yeah, so upstairs with Brenda to look at her clothes. She asked to look at her clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what a weird ass thing to do. Right. We go look at your clothes. Fuck <laughs> off. And um, she she's talking about Steve and how he buys her things mm-hmm. and... He bought me this dress. Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
So Brenda figures out that she's using him. Doesn't she flat out admit it? She Yeah, basically she says we're using each other yeah. is what she says. Which is kind of, like, I kind of thought that he realized that she was using him and he was just using her back. I thought that too. So I can understand why she thought it. Because mm-hmm. she wasn't very subtle about it. No. And he wasn't very subtle about enticing her with money and stuff. Right. So why he thought that she liked something beyond that, I don't know. I think he was deluding himself. Because he just wanted to believe it. Yeah. Because he's been so sad and depressed ever since he and Kelly broke up. Yeah. Maybe they'll get back together. Well, they're certainly implying that that's going to... We know that they don't, at least not, you know, like by season five that they don't. Right. Season five, Kelly's was going after Brandon. But, um, But they certainly imply that they're trying to put them back together. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with the next episode. Because he does um, take Christine jewelry shopping, mm-hmm. like he said. And he tests her. Yep. So she, oh, she told Brenda, that's it, in the closet, that she was dreaming about these diamond earrings mm-hmm. that he, he was going to buy her. Right. So he takes her in there and he's like, so what do you think I got you? And she's looking around and then she sees diamond earrings. She's like, oh, these, these. And he's like, no. And he takes out a box. Mm-hmm. That has a pretty turquoise yeah. Yeah. bracelet. It's fine. And nothing she, special, but it's fine. Yeah. And she's like, "What is this? This is a piece of shit." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I thought it'd be special because it came from me." And she's like, "No." Right. Basically, yeah. So yeah, he breaks up with her. He's like, "I don't even want to give it to you anymore." Because she's like, "Wait, let me see it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me see it again. Fuck off." Right. And so then Sad Sad Steve goes to the peach pit. Sad Sex. Sad 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 Sex. That's a tongue twister. And Kelly sees him sitting there all sad across the room and just gets up, doesn't even say anything to everybody, and goes over to him and mm-hmm. says she's going to take him to the movies. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, if nothing else, they might get it on. Maybe. It's they, not like she's been dating anybody. Yeah. And, I mean, she's obviously a little slutty. Right. And they've had sex before, so why not? I don't know. We'll see. Well, we probably won't. I don't think they're going to show a sex scene. <laughs> but they would tell us, don't you think? Maybe, yeah. Considering they're fictional characters, if they don't tell us, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's the episode. Uh, Steve says to Andrea, so Andrea gets to stay and everything. Steve you know, and Andre have a conversation and everything, and he's like, he's basically like, I don't know why anyone likes me. It's like sometimes I think about the wisecracks I make, and I don't know why anyone likes me. And he's like, all of a sudden, he's like very, very um, reflective over yeah. what a douchebag it's. Yeah, he said he lies awake at night sometimes thinking about the stupid things he said during the day and stuff. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like I a said, depth that- of character I would not have thought that Steve Sanders has. Well, I mean, that, that's what makes me think that they're really pushing it. It's not just like a, a, a thing that's happening on its own. I think what they, what, they dis, what they tried to do, not what they tried to do, but I think what the trope that it got, got like shoved into is that Steve was basically, what's his name? The fucking meathead rich guy from, uh, from Ar- the Archie comics. <laughs> Oh, Reggie or something like Jughead? that. Jughead? No, no, no. Jughead's his buddy. I think Reggie is okay. the the rich yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's like he got put into like that role 
Right. And I think they're like, well, no, we don't, we don't want him to be like that. So let's try to fix this. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and you know, I don't know. It makes, it makes sense because when I caught episodes between like here and when we started watching, like I didn't watch steady, but I watched a little bit and I didn't think he was as much of a douche as he has seemed to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I, I think they're going to continue down this road. Soften him. Yeah. He's That's still a good. bit of a douche though. You oh, can't, yeah. You can't fix it all. He outed a gay dude. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that's uh, that's the episode. You got anything is? to say? I love 90210. <laughs> and I really want to go. I really want to go there. I want to go to Beverly Hills someday. Are you okay. take me? Sure. Okay. We'll, we'll drive across the country and mm-hmm. go to California. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Tell the people what they need to know, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Well, you know, tell your friends, listen, give us the likes and the stars, and uh, write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. That's right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah.